Welcome to the Kupinger Coal Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinwart. I'm an analyst and advisor at Kupinger Coal Analysts. My guest today is John Tolbert, my colleague from Seattle. Hi, John. Hi, Matthias. Great to have you in another episode. And today we want to talk about a topic that security vendors are more and more focusing on and talking about. We want to talk about agentless security. What does that mean as a concept? You know, I think that that's an interesting question. Agentless tends to mean um, not having a piece of client software on a machine. You know, most of the, let's say, endpoint security products today require a, a software client that has to be installed on every node uh, in your network uh, optimally. Uh, oftentimes, companies uh, have different reasons why some machines aren't even covered with agents in the first place. But... Um, that you know that, that can be a burdensome thing to do so yeah you're right a lot of uh, security companies are trying to think of ways to cut down on management so uh, the agentless method uh, can at least somewhat avoid the need to deploy and maintain agents on every every machine in a network Right. If I was um, responsible for um, the IT landscape of a larger corporation, I really would like to avoid uh, having to install something on each and every box, even if you have software distribution in place. Uh, what other problems that can arise with agents um, do you see? Well, yeah, you know, agents have to be specially created for each version and each patch of an operating system. So if you're a, you have a heterogeneous environment and you've got, you know, Windows 10 and maybe some Windows 8 or, you know, sometimes even things farther back than that or Mac and Linux, then that's where one way it starts to get more complicated because you have to have agents for each one of those. So endpoint security vendors, you know, tend to focus on the Windows machines and sometimes the, many of them now have clients for Mac and many of them have clients that work on various forms of Linux, but, you know, finding the right endpoint security solution that uh, touches everything in your environment can be kind of difficult. But then, you know, they also have to be managed. Uh, you know, there are companies out there that are running, in some cases, up to 20 different kinds of agents on every endpoint. So this, you know, is very difficult to manage. Like you were saying, if you've got some sort of software distribution console, then, you know, that certainly helps. But uh, the, the, having a whole lot of agents can be problematic. Um, sometimes agents are incompatible with other agents. So that's another thing that companies have to do when they're looking for different products that require software to be installed on a machine. They have to test to see if all the different agents they already have are compatible with a new one. And then just from a purely security perspective, there are forms of malware out there that uh, actually test for the presence of certain anti-malware packages so you know they'll be looking for the names of some of the more common uh, endpoint security products to see if they're running uh, and if they are well then they they go dormant or try to actually disable the endpoint security product so yeah there's there's a lot of architectural issues we'll call them because uh, they're actually pretty well met by most of the endpoint security products that have agents But, but there are things to be concerned about. And I think that's one of the drivers behind 
company, security companies looking at providing agentless solutions. Right. But in the end, you also have to trust the vendor that provides each and every agent. And if, as you said, if you have more than one agent running uh, and it's constantly updated, as you've mentioned, and you really just have to trust this piece of software that is running on your machine in every version that um, is around. And of course, that would be something that that a, a malware provider would, would really love to have to, to really um, use this as an entry door into a larger network um, using such, a, such an agent. Not that I say that organizations or vendors have already gone through that, but that would be a great target, I think. If we think of such an agent, of course, this agent has access to all the resources and all the information that the user is running under can look at. Um, if we compare that with an agent-less security solution, which is obviously then outside the machine, how does that work? How, how does this really uh, can achieve comparable results? Well, I, I don't think you get fully comparable results. I think the agentless methods are somewhat less capable in general. Um, so yeah, you're right. One one way of taking an agentless approach is to be a passive listener. So uh, you don't install anything on a machine, but you've got other machines or other agents on your network, and you'll just simply listen to what's going by on the network and try to figure out if there's any malicious activity that way. That's one one approach to agentless security. So yeah, it has uh, some drawbacks to um, you know not being able to have full access to a machine and know exactly what's going on there, but sort of looking for secondary signs of malicious behavior. Then there's process injection. Um, there are a few, this is not, not terribly common, but there are a few security products that will inject code into a running process on a, on a remote machine uh, and, you know, put that into the address space of a, a particular process um, the code probably comes in the form of a DLL, uh, and then depending on what target process it gets injected into, it can sort of inherit privileges from that process uh, and then use that process space to sort of gather other information about what's running on the machine. So in that case, you don't have an agent that's actually been installed, but uh, you put your security code into the context of another process on another machine and then use like name pipes or network communication to get information back uh, to your console. This requires, you know, some sort of probably domain admin privileges or the ability to run as a service account on the machine. So already you can see that there are some security issues with the agentless security approach that, that aren't necessarily present in the traditional agent-based security approach. Okay, but, but injecting a DLL with domain admin rights also sounds a bit scary to me. But yeah, yeah, I would tend to agree. That's why I think uh, it's something that, you know, security vendors have to be very careful about uh, taking this approach uh, when they develop a product in this way. Uh, in, in many cases, I think it's much safer to stick with the traditional agent-based approach because, yeah, there's a potential for misconfiguration or abuse uh, in this process injection method. Okay, but but if we compare these two um, 
types of agentless security that you already mentioned, so the passive listening mode and the process injection. What are the, the, the pros and cons for these? Well, for passive, um, it's, it's a bit easier, I think. You know, obviously there's no agent. Uh, you know, depending on licensing, it may not be any more expensive to sort of turn on listening on different parts of your network uh, and be able to collect some telemetry that can be useful since it can only detect and alert on what it believes to be malicious. It's considerably weaker because without an agent, there's no way to say terminate processes that you think are, that the software thinks that are malicious or stop it from spreading or, uh, you know, quarantining it so it doesn't do things like ransomware where it may encrypt the file. So the passive approach, just like you might think it, it sounds, is uh, necessarily weaker than than having an active agent on a machine. For process injection, you know, I think there probably is a benefit, uh, maybe in, in very, very specific circumstances, with that uh, malware that looks for the presence of security products, this is kind of a stealthy approach. So, you know, in those cases, the, the sophisticated malware would not see this coming. You know, that, uh, that may offer just a modicum of security benefit in certain circumstances. But, you know, it also may be an approach that uh, companies that are looking to fill the gaps in, let's say, IoT and medical device security may explore a lot of IoT and medical devices don't run operating systems where you can build agents. So, you know, this might be something uh, that they could explore to be able to provide some security in those environments where it's really difficult to get security today. Uh, they are, you know, IoT devices are subject to malware. So being able to put some kind of an agent, even if it's, uh, you know, injected via a process, you know, may be able to offer some security where there really isn't any today. But then also, since it has to run in the context of the process into which it is injected, uh, you know, that may be a limitation too, just depending on what that process can do. So it kind of suffers from some of the same limitations that even passive listening does. But, uh, you know, again, can't really caution enough about the methodology behind agentless security. I mean, MITRE ATT&CK calls out process injection as a major uh, means for taking over uh, machines in different kinds of APT or, or cybercrime campaigns. So it's, uh, it's kind of a case of using a, a malicious technique to look for signs of malware. Right. So... To, to go back to what you just mentioned, the protection of, of IoT and especially medical devices, this is something that is very close to us right now. Um, is this something, that, is this a, a primary use case? I, I think it's an area uh, of interest or area of exploration. I don't think that, um, that, I wouldn't call it a primary use case. I think there are you know, a couple of vendors out there that are taking this approach with agentless security, and they also do things like, you know, vulnerability assessments and asset management. It's one way to do a quick inventory of a, of a network and everything on it, uh, and then provide some rudimentary security. Um, but no, I, I don't think that this is uh, 
uh, a primary use case uh, as of yet. But I think it's interesting and, you know, maybe worth exploring as a, a means to protect those kinds of environments. I guess I would say, in short, that uh, agentless security is kind of curiosity, but it's there's also a trade-off uh, between the functionality that uh, this kind of solution can have, uh, but there are also realms in which it may work, maybe the only kind of protection uh, an environment can have. And, and I think, you know, agent-based, traditional agent-based security is going to be here to stay. There's just much greater advantage to being able to have software on a machine. And, you know, to address one of the points you had earlier about uh, being able to trust it, you know, there are means for having signed code and certified code. You know, I think as long as to a lot of those practices are adhered to, uh, we can have a, a pretty high level of trust in the uh, security software that we uh, install on our machines. Okay, that really sounds like an, an interesting topic. And also, um, there is more to come in that area, I expect. Um, if we look at um, our research in that area, you cover that as well, and that you cover um, agentless and agent-based security together? Yeah, yeah, we'll be continuing to report on products as they come up and look at the capabilities, especially, you know, I see this as being uh, of particular interest in the asset management and vulnerability management realm. So, um, yeah, we'll definitely uh, continue to keep our eye on this market and see how things develop. So if any member of the audience uh, is interested in learning more about that, my usual recommendation is to go to kupingacoal.com and look for more information on that via our search engine. Um, there surely is lots of information, especially around endpoint protection, about um, security in general. Um, and if, if you want to use uh, this as well, just use uh, the search for John Talbert, who is our author for many of these reports. So, John, thank you very much for joining me today, for telling me more and having me learn more about agentless security. Uh, any final things you want to add here? Uh, no, thanks for having uh, me again. And yeah, happy to talk to anyone who wants to explore the subject in more detail. Yes, just get in touch. Um, info at uh, copingacoal.com is the mail address, which really would help you there. Thank you very much again, John. And bye-bye. Um, 